airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Hi, and welcome to Airing with the Addisons. I'm Jeff Shreve, and I'm here with my wife, Debbie. And Will and Mickey are celebrating the arrival of their new baby boy. His name is Timothy Rand uh, Addison. And. Uh, Beautiful little boy, seven pounds, nine ounces, 21 inches long. And so they had him uh, late last week. And so they're going to take a couple of weeks to celebrate and to get uh, their new normal going. And so Debbie and I are so glad to be here with you for this week and for next week. Just to let you know a little bit about me, I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. And we have been here for 17 and a half years came from Houston, Texas, from Champion Forest Baptist Church. And in 2005, I started a radio and television ministry called From His Heart Ministries. And we air around the country and around the world on radio and television and obviously online. And we are pleased and privileged to partner with American Family Radio every weeknight at 6 o'clock Central Time. From His Heart Ministries airs. And we would love for you to, to join us one evening and uh, as we open up the Word of God. Well, we've been having a, a wonderful time together just talking about important things. We talked on Monday about the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of everything. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It is critical, and we have lost the fear of the Lord in our country, and we desperately need to get it back. And then we talked on Tuesday about how to have a happy home. Hey, unless the Lord builds the house, They labor in vain who build it, Psalm 127, verse 1. And then yesterday, we introduced the topic of communication and how can you have good, effective communication in interpersonal relationships, especially in your marriage and in your family. And so we focused on the fact that uh, people communicate in different ways, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Uh, opposites attract. And so your spouse and yourself, you probably don't communicate the same way. And Debbie and I don't communicate the same way. And so you leave you leave room and space in there for differences. And we focused a lot yesterday on listening, the skill of listening. Yeah. And I read a great quote one time that said this, the biggest communication problem is we do not listen to understand. We listen to reply. And that's a pretty convicting statement if you think about it, because if you think back through um, discussions that you've had with different people, how often do you kind of quit listening to what they're saying and you're formulating your comeback? You're just kind of thinking in your own mind about what you want to say back to to kind of even the score, make sure that you've won up or whatever. And all of a sudden, you really aren't even listening to what the other person's saying anymore. You're just trying to formulate your own response. Right. Somebody has has said one of the reasons we we tend to have difficulty remembering people's names, you know, new people that you meet, 
is that you're not really listening that closely when they introduce themselves and when they tell you their names. And so uh, a good practice that I have found is when you uh, meet somebody for the first time and they say their name and you shake hands pre-COVID or uh, bump fists or whatever you do, uh, is say their name back to them. And if you'll do that and make a practice of that, it'll help you to remember their names. Uh, This is kind of an aside, but it was something that helped me so much. When I first came on the field here in Texarkana, Texas, one of the guys in our church, Robin Beck, he, uh, he said, Jeff, I know you have to meet a lot of people and you're having to get to know a lot of new people. He said, I am going to tell you my name every time I see you until you tell me I got your name. I don't need you to tell me anymore. That was so helpful to me. So every time I saw him, he said, I'm Robin Beck. And uh, so finally, uh, after about 15 years, I said, you don't need (laughs) to tell me that anymore. No, it was just after a little while. But it was like, man, that helps me so much. As opposed to some of the other people that say, do you remember my name? And they test you. It's so awkward. It's just so awkward. And I said, is it friend? Uh, and it, it wasn't friends. Do you ever have this where you see someone and you think, okay, is their name Christy or Karen? Is it Christy and I always call him Karen? Or is their name really Karen, but I call him Christy? I can't remember. I can't keep it straight. That's the most awful feeling when they know you and they know your name. Right. Because it, it just feels like you're telling them, I'm not, I don't care enough about you to remember your name, which is normally not the case. It's not the case. I told but, a guy one time, I said, listen, I have a mental block when it comes to your name. Right. Uh, either your name is David or John, and I don't know if it's New Testament or Old Testament. Right. And I, you got I said, a 50 50 chance. Yeah, and I'm almost always got it wrong. And then the next time I saw him, I still couldn't remember. Ah, it was yeah. just rough. Yeah, that's well, a bad feeling. We talked about listening, and uh, today we want to talk about expressing yourself well. Uh, Communication is listening and it's talking. It's expressing yourself well. We said yesterday that uh, the person that talks incessantly is saying, I care about me. And the person who listens well is saying, I care about you. I want to hear what you have to say. But in close relationships in a marriage relationship or a family relationship or a good friend relationship, it's give and take. It's talking and listening. And uh, and sometimes in, in marriage especially, you can have one spouse that's very terse, doesn't say very much. And uh, we, we, you know, we have a phrase for that. It's the strong, silent type. Well, I'm, I'm attracted to the strong, silent type. Well, that only works for so long because you want your spouse to talk to you. You want them to share, as you said yesterday, Debbie, more than just cliche stuff. How's the weather? How's it going today? That kind of thing. You want them to share their hearts. Well, because that kind of that kind of communication is really just information. And, you know, and so often people get they see that word information and communication and they kind of think they're synonymous terms that you can just interchangeably use them. And they're not because information is is giving out something. But communication is getting through to somebody. So you're using words to get through, to get a message through to someone as opposed to just get getting information out for them to have. Um, And so so often we can focus on our communication with our spouses and we're just really informing them. We're just giving them information, but we're not getting down into that emotional and that transparency and um, that opinion kind of conversation that really leads to intimacy. Right. Well, as we said, James chapter one says, let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak 
and slow to anger. And so we want to talk about expressing yourself and we want to do what the scripture says and be slow to speak. That means that you engage your mind before you engage your mouth and you think about what you're going to say. You don't just blurt out a bunch of stuff, especially when it's um, maybe in a conversation that, that can get a little passionate or a little heated. You got to be careful that you don't uh, spout and spew something in anger because once you say it, it's out there. It's out there. You say something about your spouse's parents or uh, something like that, then then you've said it and it's out there. You can't and it's, reel it back in. No, you can't. And uh, the old phrase, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Uh, that's not true. Words can really hurt. And, you know, we shared yesterday that uh, I was having a really bad time at work when I worked in the chemical business years and years ago. And Debbie was asking me what was wrong, what was wrong, what was wrong. And I just told her at the dinner table there, I hate my life. And she interpreted that to mean I hate being with you and I hate my, my life here with you and the kids. And I meant my business life, my professional life, but she interpreted that as her home life and our home life. And so it really hurt her deeply. Uh, it was a good thing that when I could explain to her that that's right. not what I meant. I love you and the girls, but uh, it's just really hard right now. And so uh, we need to be careful with what we say. Yes, and I think it's so important that you truly do think before you speak, um, because too often we just get caught up in the the moment, and we can just start spewing out words, and they can be easily misinterpreted. They can be um, very hurtful, and so it's always good uh, to be careful before you speak. I've, I've told Jeff on several occasions, if I'm ever being quiet, in, in a conversation that we're having, it's a real sign of spiritual growth in me uh, because I, I always have a comeback. I, I, I can always have something to say. So when I'm, I'm quiet and I really make sure that I'm thinking through my thoughts before I speak out loud, that's always to my benefit. You rarely ever have to apologize for something you don't say. Um, it's it's usually by spouting things off just so flippantly that that's where you're going back trying to eat your words and eating those words just makes you nauseated most of the time. I mean, it's just not a fun thing to have to eat, you know? No. And the scripture says that, uh, you know, when you're in a conversation with somebody and it starts to get a little hot, uh, a gentle answer, Proverbs 15, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And so when we can respond to one another, let's say in marriage and Debbie's mad about something, um, if I can respond to her sweetly, that can uh, tamp down the, the, you know, the passion there. But if I respond to her in kind, that can amp it up and ramp it up. You know, the Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 3, to sum up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, Kind, uh, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you are called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. That's First Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. So we don't return insult for insult. We uh, give a blessing instead, and we build the other person up. A great verse of scripture on communication is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, 
according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. And so my job as a husband, my job as a dad, my job as a pastor, when I talk to somebody and maybe uh, in a counseling situation or dealing with a problem or whatever it might be, I want to I wanna give grace to those who hear. I want to speak words that build up and not words that tear down. It's easy to criticize people. It's easy to dump on people. But we don't want to do that. That doesn't help them. Um, that just makes them feel worse. And so we want to be there to, to come alongside them. You know, the Holy Spirit is called the, the, uh, the helper, and he comes alongside of us. He convicts us about sin when we need to get right, for sure. But he does, he's not there to condemn us. He's there to help us. And Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. I came into the world to save the world. And I love what it says in Psalm, Psalm, um, uh, what, what Psalm is it? It's, it's, it's Psalm 56, verse 9. It says, uh, this I know that God is for me. David said that. This I know. I may not know a lot, but this I know that God is for me. God wants to help me. And so the way God communicates to us is to in, encourage us, to help us deal with things, but to encourage us, to help us, to build us up, not tear us down. You know, I read a statistic once that said that 10% of conflict is due to actual differences in opinion. The other 90% is due to delivery and tone of voice. And, mm. and that's so true because so often it's how someone's saying something that just continues to escalate a situation. And so it's that gentle word and that, that kind word and that tone that has kindness and gentleness and meekness in it that can help settle things back down. Well, it's, it's good for couples especially to remember this. Uh, your spouse is not your enemy. Your spouse is your teammate. There are difficulties in marriage, difficulties in, in family life, there are difficulties in finances and in business and all those things. But your spouse is your teammate, and so you pull together and you don't rip apart and tear apart and you start pointing fingers at one another. It's, hey, you're bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and, and we're together, we're one, and we're going to face this problem together. Well, and when you lose, I lose. Right. You know, when you win, I win. Right important to see it that way. Yeah, and many people in marriage, they look at marriage as, I, I need to win this argument. Don't look at it like that. Uh, look to build the other person up, to share your heart with them, but to speak words that encourage and build up, not words that tear down. And we'll get with you after the break. Thursday, October 8th at 7 p.m. Central, concerned citizens from across the nation will gather for the AFA at Home Virtual Town Hall. Register for free at afaaction.net. It's an opportunity for you to tap into the trusted insight of our panel of frontline culture warriors, Sandy Rios, Dr. Richard Land, Star Parker, Abraham Hamilton III, the Benham Brothers, and Tim Barton. Topics include censorship and social media, the sanctity of life, socialism, the threat to America's republic, and more. Hi, I'm Walker Wildman, host of AFA at Home. At this critical time in America, it's important that we stay abreast of the threats to our nation's future. That's why we're bringing you AFA at Home, our first ever virtual town hall. Join us. AFA at Home streams live Thursday, October 8th at 7 p.m. Central 
at afaaction.net. Register for free at afaaction.net. Mainstream media doesn't want you to know that the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, had a racist legacy stemming from her well-documented connections with the eugenics movement. Planned Parenthood positions their clinics in low-income neighborhoods even today and performs abortions on minorities at an alarming rate. I'm Dan Steiner, the president of Preborn, a ministry dedicated to saving babies' lives from abortion through ultrasound. Preborn centers compete with Planned Parenthood every day in the cause for life, and Preborn is making a huge impact. When an expectant mother sees her baby on ultrasound and hears that heartbeat, she's 80% more likely to choose life for her baby. Preborn centers are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the country as they equip centers to save more babies and souls. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. The following is not an actor, but a real life story from Trinity Debt Management. I was finishing undergrad and got credit cards because I couldn't work full time. So that started the credit card journey for me. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. And then when I got married, we combined our credit card debt and it became impossible to pay off on our own. At that point, I was like, I don't know where to turn. And then I found Trinity. Trinity. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. I mean, in a matter of three years, we've already paid down $20,000 in credit card debt, which is huge. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Welcome back. Pastor Jeff Shreve here along with my wife, Debbie. And we are so thrilled to have you as we host Airing the Addisons. And I just wanted to say before we jump into this next segment, I want you to mark on your calendars Thursday, October 8th, 7 p.m. Central Time, a virtual town hall, pre-election town hall special hosted by Walker Wildman. He's AFA vice president and public policy analyst. It's going to be a great uh, two hours of discussing the issues, the issues of this election, including the sanctity of life, including judges, religious liberty, socialism, Marxism, and more. And so you don't want to miss that. Tim very Bart- informative. It's going to be extremely informative, and it'll help, it'll help the listener to uh, know the issues and to understand the issues and the things that are being argued back and forth, and you can be uh, very well versed on those. Dr. Richard Land is going to be one of the guests, Tim Barton, uh, Starb Parker, Abraham Hamilton III, Sandy Rios, and the Benham brothers, David and Jason. So that's going to be a great time. You can find out more information at afa.net. That's afa.net. Well, we are talking about communication. We're talking about expressing ourselves well in marriage and in family especially. And so Debbie, where did we leave off? We kind of left off just talking about the fact that we needed to speak with gentleness, that um, that so much of conflict is escalated by tone of voice and body language and those type things and, and how important it is to think before you speak 
and to say what you say that's tempered with kindness and with meekness and with gentleness. Um, I think another thing that's real important is to just always remember that you just don't have to say everything you think. Right. You know, I mean, so often we just think uh, everything we think, we, we just have this freedom to say. I remember when um, our youngest was growing up, she's a very verbal one. She's a verbal processor, just like I am. And so I remember telling her one time, Sarah, you don't have to say everything you think. There are times when in class you can just keep your mouth shut. You don't have to talk all the time, you know, um, and, and that's so true. I mean, for adults as well, we just don't have to say everything we think. Right. And so, Debbie, you know, we've had a, a ongoing battle with your your technology oh, uh, yes. deficiencies. Well, yeah, then that's putting it very kindly. Yeah. Truly, it is. So when you have trouble with the computer or something, that you can sometimes get frustrated with the computer. Me? And, oh, uh, yes, yes, you. Yes, and me. Uh, so I have learned that it's better not to say anything there. You're you're not really looking for uh, correction or. Right. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. You know, that's a good verse for us, but uh, it's not typically a good verse to share with your spouse. What's the verse in Timothy about being an edifying word? You know, there are times when words are just not edifying. They may be good words and they may be wise words, but the timing is not such that they're going to be edifying words. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to really watch for that because timing is very, very important. I learned early on in our marriage that when you came home from work at the end of the day was not a good time was not a good time to bring up something just immediately when you got home, nor was it a good time to bring it up right before we went to bed when you were exhausted. And so you kind of had to figure out, okay, I've got to, I've got to play this right because I don't want to say something at the wrong time that is not going to be able to get resolved. And it's just going to cause us more conflict in the long run because timing's very, very important. Right. So you can think about this as you talk to your children about things or children talking to their parents. Um, Sometimes the time is just not right. And and if your child is not open, um, you're kind of to to just kind of grab something from the New Testament doesn't fully apply, but it's the principles the same. It's casting your pearls before swine. They're not able to they're not going to receive it. So you just, you know, save your breath Mm -hmm. because you got to wait for an open ear and an open heart and an open door uh, to be able to to share some important things. Well, I think with our children, too, we have to be careful. Uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says, you know, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Mm-hmm. And if we're not careful with our timing, with um, what we say to our kids and, and how we say it and what we sandwich it in between, uh, we can provoke them and we can push them into the direction that we're not desiring them to go. Um, simply because they're going to dig their heels in and show us and have that kind of attitude. So timing is is very, very critical. Debbie, let's talk about the time that uh, when we were first married, first new baby, and uh, I guess we'd been married just about a year and a half, and we had Jill, and uh, your life had really changed. Oh, my word. It was thrown upside down. Now you were a stay-at-home mom, and right. you weren't teaching school anymore. And my life hadn't really changed all that much. No. And no. so I would come home from work, and I would want to play basketball with the neighbors across the street. And uh, why was that a problem for you? Well, I just remember thinking, I've been here all day by myself, 
taking care of this baby and I would like to have some adult conversation. You know, I would love to be able to just leave the baby here with you and go do something three or four nights a week. But but alas, I'm not able to do that, you know, because I I've seen this in general. Wives take care of their kids, but they kind of have to ask their husbands to babysit the kids, you know, and and, um, can you watch the kids as opposed to just the husband assuming the wife can always watch them, you know? And so it was, it was just a very difficult time for me because I just felt like you wanted to be anywhere other than at home. Right. And it was really hard. And I wasn't getting it. No. And we, I would say something to you and it would end up frustrating you because you just thought I was being selfish. Like, why would you not want me to be able to have fun? Why wouldn't you want me to be able to go play basketball with my friends? Why would you withhold this from me kind of thing? was what you were thinking. Right. Yeah. So we were at polar opposite ends and not communicating with each other very well. We were not understanding each other yeah. for sure. Yeah. I didn't understand where you were coming from and you didn't seem to understand where I was coming right. from. So how did that change? Well, I, what I had to do was come up with an illustration that would help you get inside my heart. So that would provoke in you the same type of feeling that I was feeling. And hopefully by that, you would be able to understand. So you, you tell the story, what I told you. Okay, so Debbie and I talk about the fact that women speak estrogen and men speak testosterone. Yeah, now explain what that means, because some people might not understand what that means. Well, I mean, just women communicate differently than a man does. We have certain words, estrogen-type words, like always, never. never. Right, and men can pick up on those always, never words and they, they start to get logical about it and say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember a time back in uh, 2003 that, <laughs> that I did, you know, I did take out the trash. That so, one time. So, so you, you can't t- say never. Yeah, you tell me I never take out the trash. Well, I took it out once there. Mm-hmm. You never call when you're late. Well, I can remember a time back eight years ago where I did. Mm-hmm. So we tend to pick up on the always never. And when a woman says always never, She's just expressing how she feels. Just your frustration. Yeah, it feels like always never. I'm not, you know, I haven't kept a log, (laughs) but that's what it feels like. And so anyway, so Debbie, uh, she kept communicating estrogen words and in an estrogen way, and my testosterone brain wasn't figuring it out. Was not translating. And so then she told me, she said, Jeff, and this was back in the day when I played a lot of basketball and love to play. She said, Jeff, how would you feel if all your buddies got together to play basketball and they didn't call you to play? And I said, well, I would hate that. Why would they do that? I mean, I'm part of the gang. And and she said, well, how would that make you feel? I said, well, I would feel terrible. I would feel so left out. I'd feel like they, you know, they didn't want me around. And she said, yeah. And she just left it there. And then all of a sudden, the light came on ding, for ding, me. Ding, 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 ding. And I said, are you saying that that's how I'm making you feel when I want to run across the street to play basketball with Ted and the guys? And she said, yeah. And I said, oh. And I felt what she was feeling. And it just broke me. And I said, I am so sorry. I said, I didn't know that I was doing that. Right. I, I didn't know that that was the the emotion you were feeling i said i don't want to do that to you 
And so it changed everything in that situation. And I wasn't angry with her thinking she was, you know, keeping me from fun. I Well, I, and it wasn't like I never wanted you to play. Right. I just didn't want you playing three nights out of the week. Right. Right. You know, so it's like, okay, one night out of the week and on the week, one night, one day during the weekend, that's great. But three nights during the week and the weekend, that, that's just a lot. Right. I just felt very isolated and alone and very low on your priority list. Right. When that was going on. Well, that made a huge difference. And so we always encourage couples when we talk to, uh, to in marriage conferences, we say, listen, guys, try and, try and communicate in a way that uses illustrations that she is going to be familiar with, you know. Um, and ladies, use illustrations that he's going to be familiar with and speak his language and guys speak her language. And then you can understand each other better. Well, and, and that is such a key point. It's when you're communicating it really doesn't um, fit the definition of communication if you're not being understood. So you want to talk with each other in such a fashion that by the end of the time that you've talked, you have an understanding of, of what each other really feels and what each other really thinks. Um, and that's an important element of communication is not just to talk to say words, but to make sure that understanding takes place. Right. You know, it's important to remember this, too. Feelings are feelings. Uh, not all feelings are necessarily rooted in fact. I mean, we can be have the feelings of fear about something that is never going to happen, and that's not rooted in, in fact. But y- your feelings are what they are. And so it, we have to be able to say, okay, is, is what I'm feeling, is that a, a genuine uh, issue to discuss, or is this just something the devil's trying to throw on me and and get me all worked up and all angry about something that is not rooted in it? It doesn't have any fact to back it up, and we got to be able to to discuss that together and and to to know that hey, you know, I, I think I'm overreacting on this, and so right there's give and take. Well, and, and I I think too um, people can hear your words, but they really feel your attitude. So your your heart attitude in a situation that's that's communicates louder a lot of the time than your words communicate. Right. And so that's why you have to go back to checking your heart and to to check where you are spiritually in in this situation. And am, am I speaking a kind word? Is there gentleness? Is there love in my heart right now, or is it just anger and frustration? And I'm spewing this out because um, that really hinders communication greatly. It does. And, you know, in, in relationships, especially in marriage, um, there are times where <laughs> Debbie and I would say to one another, you know, I love you, but I don't like you right now. That's right. And that happens, you know, and you need to have some time apart just to right. cool down Calm a little down. bit. Um, but here's the great thing. And this is true with your spouse. It's true with anyone. As a believer in Jesus, his spirit lives inside of you. And the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Spirit whom He has given to us. Romans chapter 5 tells us that. And so you have within you the one who loves everyone. And He has a, an endless supply of love for everyone you meet. And love is, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Your closest neighbor is your spouse. Your closest neighbor are your children. And so our homes need to be characterized with lots of love. And even in the difficult times, that's why your, your spouse is not your enemy. Your spouse is your teammate. And even in the difficult times, 
God, give me your grace so that I can love my wife as Christ loved the church. And wives, God, give me grace so that I can love and respect my husband as you command me to do, because you have, you're the one that can do this through me. Well, I think another important thing to pray in those times when you are, are really just um, not understanding the other person at all. I've had to do this, and I, I know, Jeff, you have too. We've talked about it, but to just in that time where you're kind of separated, just having some time to yourself to process and to think through some things is to really ask the Lord to just open your eyes to the other person's perspective, Mm -hmm. to open your heart and open your eyes, open your mind to be able to see where they're coming from and why something you did or something you said might have made them feel and respond the way that they did. Right. Um, because that's that's a supernatural act that, that happens when you ask the Lord for that. You know, the Bible tells us in James, when you don't have wisdom, ask it from the Lord. He gives it freely. And um, the Lord will do that. He will all of a sudden just put a thought in your mind like, oh, I never thought about it from this perspective before. I can see where when I said X, Jeff thought Y. I can, I can see how that could have happened. Well, I need to go back and I need to I need to undo some of that. You know, I need we need to make that right. Right. Well, we are uh, looking forward in this next segment to taking your calls. And so let me give you the phone number. It's 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. And we are talking about communication communication how to express yourself well. In, in relationships, and especially in marriage, especially in family life. And let's talk a little when we come back about how to express yourself in social media. I think that's an important thing to talk about. Yeah, social media is critical. Um, many of us, I'm on social media, spend a lot of time on uh, Twitter, and uh, share a lot of my uh, thoughts and comments on thing, uh, uh, concerning things and issues on Twitter. And you can follow me at Jeff Shreve. At Jeff Shreve, S-C-H-R-E-V-E. And uh, one of the things when I uh, post, I try not to ever post at someone. I'll talk about ideologies. I'll come against ideologies. I'll come against organizations, things like Planned Parenthood. But I try and make sure that I'm not directing it, uh, you know, any kind of angry rants at an individual or something like that. If I want to confront someone, I'll do that privately. I'm not going to blast that out on social media. We'll talk about that some more after the break, but get those questions ready. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you after the break. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. 
AFA is pleased with President Trump's nomination of Amy Coney Barrett as our next Supreme Court Justice. Judge Barrett opposes judicial activism, and she's a well-respected woman of faith. Liberal opposition to this nominee by anti-religious bigots will be intense. Now's the time to contact your senators and urge them to stand strong against the liberal tsunami of hate aimed at Judge Barrett. Email or call and urge your senators to confirm Amy Coney Barrett. Learn more at AFA.net. Well, these are certainly tough, tough times, aren't they? Hi, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, engaging the world with God's Word for more than 80 years at only $5 a Bible. You know, I'm grateful that God has given Bible League a platform for more than eight decades to address the other pandemic, and that's the shortage of Bibles all over the world in places like Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America. In fact, at Bible League, we determined that as few as one Christian in 10 has a Bible. What's that mean, that during this pandemic, many evangelical Christians elsewhere in the world cannot open their Bible and be reminded of God's promises like 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares on Him for He cares for you. But you know, during this time of sheltering in place, we can shelter in grace. Learn how you can be a blessing to believers around the world praying for a Bible by visiting sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org or by calling Bible League at 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. As Christians, we claim to be different, but too often we look as joyless and angst-ridden as if we were unbelievers. Times can get tough. I know, I've been there. But as followers and believers in Jesus Christ, if we've asked Him into our lives, we have the joy that comes from knowing that our future is with Him in eternity. Let the joy, love, and power of the God of the universe flow through you so that others see a twinkle in your eyes, a smile in your face, and laughter in your voice. Then they'll see Him, and He's the one they'll be attracted to. Tony Dungy. More at CoachDungy.com. Well, welcome back to Airing with the Addisons. Sorry, I said that wrong again. Airing the Addisons, my bad. Um, I'm Debbie Shreve. I'm here with my husband, Jeff Shreve, and we have the privilege of um, hosting for them while they're taking a two-week time off to celebrate and the birth of their new child and kind of get a new normal going. Um, we have been talking today about uh, communication and how important speaking well is, that it's a two-way street of listening and speaking. And we've been talking about the topic of, of how we need to go about speaking and communication and how important that is. And we left off with our last segment kind of talking about social media. Right. And uh, I, I don't know about the rest of you, but for, for me, I can see things on social media and just be appalled at some of the things that people feel so free to say and to post on social media. And I've kind of just used it as a rule of thumb in my own life that if it's not something I'm willing to say face to face to someone, I don't need to say it on social media either. I need to just keep my mouth shut um, because it is just amazing some of the things that you can read on social media, right? It really is. And, you know, something about social media, I think Facebook especially, uh, when you come on somebody's page and you start blasting them right. and you're quote unquote friends, uh, that's just crazy. 
Right. Um, you know, so you wouldn't go into somebody's house and all of a sudden start vomiting all over their living room how terrible they are. And so we need to have decorum when we do that on social media. Well, we're going to the phone lines now. And so we have Tommy from Houston, Texas. Tommy, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Jeff, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, first, I would like to say to the Addisons, hey, congratulations. I love y'all. But, Jeff, um, I really wanted to tell you how much I really loved you, and, and I thank you for – I found you two years ago through a friend, and uh, I didn't know your wife could speak so well, too. Gosh, what a <laughs> oh, blessing thank you. I gave you. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, what, just what you are talking about, you just drew me in. I was doing some cleaning, and I put everything down, but – you know, God, a few years ago, he said, Tommy, when you get everything, my daddy's from Texarkana, so I was going to come out there and maybe hang out with you all for about a year and learn from you, because I want, uh, we have a street ministry here. We've led over 50 people to the Lord in the last eight Praise years. But anyway, I know I'm being selfish because I know callers want to talk to you, but I just wanted to tell you all, I love you all, and I oh. love you so much if you're preaching. Every day I listen, and you know what? God has so blessed you. And uh, I just wanted to say, hey, hello, and you're covering for some wonderful people, the Addisons. I love them, but um, I- I'm so impressed with y'all. And Debbie, what a great job! What a what a speaker you are! What what a blessing God has put into you <laughs> oh, too. Thank so you what so a team. Much. But anyway, I love y'all, and and thank you, Jeff. And I might meet you. My name's Tommy Gore, and uh, I'm going to come up there and see y'all one of these hey, days. Hey, that would be thank great. Thank y'all for everything. Thank you, Tommy. Love to meet you. So you make a, you make a point to come to Texarkana. Well, we have Bonnie from uh, Texas. Bonnie, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. I did want to say that I listen to you at 6 o'clock in the evening as much as I can, and I love your teaching. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, I tried to get in yesterday, but I didn't get in time. Uh, I just had a comment on the gentleman that had called in about the amount of transfiguration and and how the apostles knew that that was Moses and Elijah. And, you know, God is sovereign, and if he wants to open up someone's eyes and ears and heart to something, he can do that. Right. That they would know, and it kind of reminded me, you can read a, a, a scripture in the Bible a hundred times, and all of a sudden... The hundred and one time, it just raises up, and, right. and, you know, your eyes are just open to it. And I just think that, you know, if God wanted them to know who it was, he's sovereign, and um, he he would do that. Right. Yeah, I think, I think that's the only way to explain that, because they would have had no way to know if two visitors come from heaven to speak to the Lord in his glory. They wouldn't know who they were unless God revealed that to them. Right. So, very good. Well, thank you, Bonnie. Thank you for listening, and thank you for commenting on that. Well, we have Mary from Kansas. Mary, welcome to the broadcast. Well, thank you. I just wanted to call in because I do enjoy listening to you at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio. Thank but you. I was, well, I lived in Texarkana from the time I was a month old till I was nine years old, but I've had family there from the 50s on up till now, and it's just so nice to hear someone from Texarkana that I knew about and everything. But I kind of want to also tell you that uh, I've been married 50 years, and we have our arguments and disagreements, and what's going on in the world really messes it up. But I know this sounds silly, but I haven't had a cat in the house for 20 years, and my son wanted me to take his cat that he inherited as a stray, 
And when I get upset, I start to raise my voice. She comes running in here and lays on top of me or gets up beside me and starts cutting <laughs> me, like, shut up, shut up. So I think animals <laughs> are good for this spirit, too, uh, to calm us down. And I don't know if that made sense. Probably sounded stupid, but thank you. No, I understand. Yeah, God can use all things. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So we have Tanya from Arkansas. Tanya, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate y'all taking time to fill in for the Addisons. I've never heard of y'all before, so I'm excited. Oh, well, thank you. I'm excited. Um, Have y'all written any books that maybe I could get some step-by-step how to communicate? I've been with my other half for 17 years now, and we're just not real good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do have several books. Um, Debbie and I wrote a booklet together about uh, I Still Do, and we talked about what how to how to keep going in marriage. And so um, if you you can... uh, Email me at uh, jeff at fromhisheart.org. Or go to the website. Or you can go to our website, fromhisheart.org, either one, and we can get that to you. Well, and he wrote another book called Runaway Emotions, um, which talks about different negative emotions, but how God uses those negative emotions to just be a a fire alarm to kind of let you know, hey, something else is going on here that I need to, to deal with so that I can get this thing turned around. So he talks about depression and guilt and anger, and I'm drawing a blank on some of the other ones. But it, that that's a really good book to just get in tune with your own emotions and how your emotions are affecting you so that you can communicate better with other people. Right. Well, we'd love to get that to you, so just let us know. Yes, just fromhisheart.org is our, is our website, and um, all of our resources are listed there. All right. So our next caller is Joanne from Texas. Yes, sir. This is my first time I've ever heard from, you know, about y'all. And y'all are an answer to prayer. <laughs> I have sweet. been praying so much like, Lord, either talk to this man or I'm going to drown him and tell you he accidentally died. <laughs> <laughs> We've been married 26 years. I can tell you what he wears, what size he is, what color his eyes are. I can tell you anything and everything about him. I can even tune in because I understand him as a visual person. You know, most men are visual. So I talk to him in a visual way. I see what you're doing and all. This man, in 26 years, I asked him, what color are my eyes? He looked at me and he said, uh... Uh, green. I said, you better look at them again. They're brown. This man has no clue about me at all. I have said I'm unhappy. Uh, he has a walk. Do you know anything about the, the, uh, that we, we studied like sanguine and phlegmatic? Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, you know that? Okay. Yes. I'm sanguine. He right. is phlegmatic. Yes. And he is a doubting Thomas on top of it. He's and I cannot get this wall. I mean, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, let me give you a good scripture passage. First Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. 
It says, when a woman has a husband who is disobedient to the word, she can win him without a word as he observes her chaste and respectful behavior. The thing that really trips a man's trigger is respect. And so what happens so often, Joanne, is that when a, when a wife is frustrated because the husband is not doing a whole lot and not pursuing her and not knowing much about her and doesn't seem all that interested, just kind of expecting things, taking her for granted, that kind of thing, that she, she doesn't feel loved, so she responds by not giving much respect. Well, when he doesn't feel respect, then he backs off even more and gives less love. And then when a woman feels less love, she gives more disrespect. And so it's just a vicious cycle that just crashes the the relationship and puts people in a situation where they feel so isolated and so alone. And so uh, what he needs to do, if I were talking to him, I would say, you need to start loving your wife and expressing love to her in a way that she can understand it. Now, uh, for the woman, and since you called in, what you need to do is to start expressing respect to him and find things he does well and brag on him about it. Uh, You will be amazed because the scripture is true. You can win him without a word as he observes your chaste and respectful behavior. So I would just encourage you to give that a shot and uh, watch and see how God works. Jeff, tell the story about the the guy that, um, the lady that was having trouble in her marriage, and she started thinking of things that she really liked about her husband, and she made the list, and how that list ended up growing and, and changing things. Yeah, so it was the, the story was told by Tim LaHaye about a guy in his church, and that he said, you know, hey, my wife and I have been married a long time, but we don't love each other anymore, and we're going to get divorced as soon as the kids uh, finish uh, high school and move out of the house. And so Tim LaHaye said, well, how would you like to fall madly in love with your wife in three weeks? And he said, you don't understand. I don't love her. We're not even sleeping in the same bed. And so what Tim LaHaye said, he said, I have a program and a plan that is surefire success if you will do it. He said, will you do it? And the man said, yes. And he said, okay. And Tim LaHaye had a three by five card in his pocket. He pulled it out and he said, give me 10 things that you like about your wife. 10 things she does well, 10 things that you like about her. And he said, the man thought and thought and thought and thought. And finally he came up with one and it was, she's good to my mother. And Tim was thinking, oh, great, this may not work, because if that's all you can come up with after that much thinking. Anyway, they labored through it. He finally came up with 10 things, and he said, now this is what you do. First Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus concerning you. He said, three times a day, I want you to pull out that card and thank God that he has given you a wife that has this attribute, that attribute, the other attribute. He said, go through all 10. Give thanks to God for her. And so the man began to do that. And to make a long story short, within three weeks, he had a totally different perspective about his wife. And he had fallen madly in love with this woman again. And what made the difference? The difference was this. He had been focusing in on all the negative things, all the things that he didn't like about his wife. And that was his focus. And when he shifted his focus to all the things that he liked about her and all her positive qualities, uh, all of a sudden she took on a whole new light. 
hey, we're not in, attracted to someone who is negative. We're attracted to someone who has positives. And so we need to constantly focus in on the strengths of our spouse, not the weakness of our spouse. It makes such a difference. So thanks so much for your call, Joanne. Well, we have Jerry from Mississippi. Jerry, welcome to the broadcast. Jerry, are you there? All right. Uh, something must have happened there. Well, let's go to Adrian from Mississippi. Adrian, welcome to the broadcast. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, I was just going to say, um, I've been married to my husband. We've been together about five years, and we've been married three. And about a year ago, I really started to get into doing more and more Bible study, and he's more agnostic. But I also learned that there are certain words that can really start a fight, and it's the words you and your. So yes. I've really changed the way that I communicate with him. And instead of saying, you need to stop, stop spending money, I say, we need to stop spending money. Mm-hmm. That's some wisdom there. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it just observing other people's marriages and, and really putting it, because we are one, being married. So if he's got money, you know, if he's spending money, I'm spending money. So it really puts the focus back on as a team instead of you and I. Right. That's very good. And in that, that kind of language is not accusatory. Uh, you know, when you start having you statements, you know, it's it's almost like you're pointing your finger in their face. You do this, you do this, you do this. Um, and people respond negatively to that. But when it's, when it's hey, you're not my enemy, uh, you're my teammate, and it's we, it's not you, uh, then, then you can work together as a team on that. So, uh, Adrian, thank you so much for that, uh, that comment. It is very, very wise. We've enjoyed being with you today, and we are looking forward to being with you tomorrow. We're going to talk about parenting tomorrow, parenting smart parents in the age of smartphones. Hey, it's difficult to parent in today's age, but uh, by God's grace and with God's help, we can do a good job in raising godly children. So that's going to be our topic for tomorrow. We look forward to being with you. Have a great rest of the day. God bless you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.